InfoTrack continues. Once again, here's Chris Whitting. A first-of-its-kind research study found a special program to help families at risk for child maltreatment has successfully kept kids out of foster care. With the details, here's InfoTrack's Gina Tedesco. Gina? Thanks, Chris. The federal government reports that just over 400,000 kids were in foster care by the end of fiscal 2020, with another 117,000 waiting for adoption. That's a lot of kids no longer with their own parents. But now, a study is hailing a program that appears to help families solve problems and reduce the number of children sent to foster care. Joining us with more is Dr. Michelle Johnson Motoyama, Associate Professor at The Ohio State University College of Social work. She's the study's lead author. Doctor, your study discovered that states are having success with what's called differential response, or DR. What is DR, and how does it differ from one-size-fits-all programs? Well, differential response is a type of program that some states have been creative in producing, which allows their child protective service agencies to offer an alternative track to the traditional track that families might be placed on when they become involved in child protective services. So the traditional path is one where a family, once they come to the attention of the agency, typically there's an investigative process that comes into play that seeks to determine whether child abuse and neglect has actually occurred. And as part of that process, a family may or may not receive services. A lot of it depends on the situation. Alternative response or differential response was developed for families who might be considered at lower risk but have some different kinds of unmet needs. The response is typically one that's voluntary, that allows families to take up services and to be referred to different kinds of resources in the community to help meet their immediate needs. So what we're really talking about here is customizing the services to meet the family's needs. Is that right? Yes. Customization is a big part of it, as well as what we might think of as a different kind of engagement with a family. So at the heart of differential response is this idea of relationship building to really support the family with a more kind of individualized response to whatever their presenting needs might be. And one problem your report noted with traditional pathways is the court-ordered timelines for participating with various services. How onerous is that, and does differential response really help that? Typically, with differential response, the family really wouldn't be on the same type of timeline that perhaps a family involved in the traditional pathway might be. And again, it really depends on the situation with the family and with the child. But often when there are court-ordered services, they can be extremely difficult for a family to fulfill depending on their work situation. For example, many services may only be offered during the day. So a family may have to make the decision between going to work and providing the resources that their family needs and going to a parenting class or to some other types of services that are required under the court order. So families may have transportation difficulties. There could be a variety of reasons why a court-ordered plan might be difficult to fulfill. In the differential response track, typically you wouldn't see the same types of expectations. And again, services 
are voluntary. So it's really more up to the family and when you know they can actually find the time to engage in these kinds of services. We're visiting with Dr. Michelle Johnson-Motoyama of The Ohio State University. She's lead author on a study that reveals benefits of a program to help keep families together rather than sending children into foster care. The journal Child Maltreatment published the study. Doctor, you noted a near 20% decrease in substantiated reports of child maltreatment and even use of foster care due to differentiated response, along with 25% fewer reports of neglect. Did you check to see if factors other than differentiated response were at play? Yes, we actually included as many factors as we could think of that we had data for that could otherwise explain our findings. For example, you know, we know that the safety net programs are different from state to state, and some of those programs are more generous than others. And we have found in past research that the generosity of a state's social safety net can also have preventative effects when it comes to child maltreatment or foster care entry. So we definitely wanted to account for those factors. We also took a look at the opioid epidemic in this country, which has, again, affected states variously. So we accounted for the timing of the opioid epidemic as well as opioid deaths, which are kind of a measure of tracking opioids. In addition, we have seen rates of mothers incarcerated increase over time, so we wanted to account for that as well. There are a lot of other kinds of factors within states, such as state economies, the proportion of families of low income, of different races and ethnicities that could have different kinds of effects on our outcomes. So we adjusted for those as well. And how many states use differentiated response programs? Well, we found that over the course of the study period, which was 2004 to 2016, that by the end of the study period, approximately 25 states had used differential response at least some point in time. And you mentioned the investment that these states are making, but do you believe the programs could actually save the states some money? You know, that part of it is hard to tell offhand without knowing much about the budgets, the types of investments that each state have made. But generally speaking, I think the answer is yes. It is far more expensive for children to be placed into foster care than the cost of preventative services that we might provide up front before a family's situation reaches that level of crisis. And in spite of the program's success, we still have to acknowledge, don't we, that there are situations where children need to be protected from harm, and we shouldn't lose sight of that, correct? Absolutely. So, as I mentioned earlier, Differential Response was really a program that was created for families that might be considered of lower risk. So, we would be looking at situations where Perhaps not every situation is the right situation for differential response. That's one consideration. And we often have situations where foster care is simply unavoidable because of the presenting conditions of the family or of the child. So differential response would never necessarily completely absolve the need for foster care in certain situations. Dr. Michelle Johnson-Motoyama of The Ohio State University, thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you.
For InfoTrack, I'm Gina Tedesco. You're listening to InfoTrack, a production of Syndication Networks of Chicago.